Next up is a solution to an ecological consequence from a favorite winter sport. Sharks, I have traveled far and wide through mountains and snow to be here in the tank with you today. My name is Peter Arlene. I'm from Carbondale, Colorado, and I'm here seeking $250,000 for 10% equity in my company, Mountain Flow Eco Wax. Hey, supers, welcome back to another Shark Tank Tank Tales. I have a, a super entrepreneur over here that went into the tank. Uh, it was seasoned. 12 episode oh it's not oh it's it's eluding me it was a 12 it was episode 12 wasn't it i believe so i think it was episode, i'm i'm pretty i have to pull up the other site that has the uh the stuff while we're talking here but anyway uh he went in to the tank and uh he got himself a deal so whatever you're doing right now i need you to give some super claps on the bus mowing the lawn walking the dog taking a poop Whatever you're doing, give it up for Super Peter. How are you doing today, Peter? Joe, I'm so good. Stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited for the conversation. Me too. It, I think we it was, we had to reschedule what? Was it three times, I think? Because I got sick with the illness. Uh, and yeah. then my daughter's softball got in the way. And then your kid's uh, soccer got in the way. And <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you, it gets harder and harder to find the time, but I'm so glad that we did. Uh, there's so much to talk about because I, I did, um, unlike some of the other past interviews I've done, I actually had time today. I made time today uh, to watch your your pitch all the way through and uh, get some of the nuances out that I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to diving in with you. Uh, but first, as always, let's start with were you a fan of Shark Tank uh, prior to getting to go on it? You, you know, how, how much of a fan were you if you were? Yeah, definitely a fan. I love the show. With that said, I didn't really watch it that much. Um, you know, like a lot of folks don't have cable, and uh, which I, uh, I, I don't. Remind, you don't either. Yeah. No, I mean internet, but that's it. Not not cable. Cable. This this uh, came to the surface on the day that the show aired when I was like, shoot, how am I going to actually even watch this? Um, but I had watched it enough to like it, you know, and, and if I was in a hotel or traveling for work, I would throw it on. And uh, it's easy to just go episode after episode. You kind of get in the loop. It is. It is. And I mean, for for me, like I, you know, we have over the air television. I live close enough to Philadelphia that we get over the air television. So I get all my Eagles games and like the local news and, and then everything else. We just either stream or download or whatever. So. Uh, it's, you know, the internet or the internet's more important than the, than the, the cable, uh, at this point. And, um, so I, I, I sympathize with that. I've had the, I've been, oh, we haven't had cable since like probably 2014 at this point. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. It was, it was painful at first. Cause I like watching the Phillies games and you can't watch the Phillies games. You can't watch the Flyers games or Sixers games. I, I don't watch that much basketball, but you know, there's times where it's like, ah, I wish I wish I could. Uh, so there's like little things like that that kind of stink. But um, but I'm guessing you live e to even further away from a major uh, a major city to to not even have over the air. I live in the middle of nowhere, so <clears throat> I live uh, in a little town called Carbondale, Colorado, which is about three hours west of Denver, in the heart of the Rocky oh. Mountains. 
um, and actually now live outside of this little town in a smaller town. Um, and so we have satellite internet, which is great unless it's like rainy or windy or like the elk are migrating through. There's like five different things which affect the connectivity. <laughs> um, have you gotten a chance to get Starlink yet? Is that available to you? It's just starting to become available in our area. So that is definitely uh, on the radar. Ding, ding. That's good. Uh, uh, though I know they, they have problems with uh, internet speed once you get too many people on uh, in any particular area, which is kind of, I guess that's just physics. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, are, so so how did you wind up like for a show that you like kind of sort of watched when you could, when, when it was available to you, how did you wind up getting to go on shark tank? Did you apply or did you, did you get, did you get the phone call uh, from shark tank and say, Hey, like we, we see your product. We see you, we, you know, answer some questions. Let's go. I was at a trade show. Um, our company had a booth. It was kind of the last trade show before COVID shut it down. It was January, 2020. It was in Denver the Outdoor Retailer Trade Show, which is the largest kind of action sports outdoor trade show in the U.S. So ski companies, apparel, snowboard, that whole scene is there. Um, and they had a talent scout there. And we had just launched our marquee product. And so we had some recognition. I think maybe my picture was in kind of the like daily news publication for that event. And so the talent scout had seen that probably thought I looked goofy with the mustache and the hair. And uh, he didn't, he never came up and talked to us at the show, but I did get an email uh, maybe a month after. Wow. And I, you know, that just goes to show you that you never know who's watching, listening, uh, who's at the, I mean, he might've came by the booth and you did and never even said who he was. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, or I know, I assume you have more than just you working the booth. So maybe they talked to somebody else other than other than you, and and did again didn't divulge who they were, what they do, or what the potential premise of of why they're there is. And um, so it's you know just as as entrepreneurs, the super entrepreneurs, we have to always be rem like rem re remembering, reminding ourselves that like you never know who's watching. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's a big power there, especially like. You know, you you could be at a show, or you could be doing a YouTube channel or a podcast, or literally be anywhere, and there's like ten people watching or listening, right? But they could be the most important ten people ever that to to, to your life that could totally change your life. It well, not in, in your case, it wasn't. It was a month later, but hey, you never know, right? A hundred percent. And and another lesson to go along with this is, you know, the email came through, and I'm bringing this up because. I just heard another Shark Tank entrepreneur interviewed on a podcast and they mentioned the same thing. When the email comes through, it doesn't say, you know, Mark Cuban at sharktank.com. It's someone you've never heard of at one of the production companies that's involved with the process. And, you know, you think, well, there's no way that they, this is real Shark Tank. And so, you know, I was this close to not following it through, but did a quick cost benefit. Okay, what is it going to take me to just respond to this email and see if it's legit? And I did, and it was legit, and that started the process. But I, you know, someone else said, "Hey, I thought this was a spam email," and it was the same reaction I had when I got it. 
Yeah, uh, you know, uh, um, I would equate that to like a lottery ticket, right? Like the lottery ticket isn't necessarily about winning; it's about the, just the idea of the you're paying for the daydream kind of thing. You know, exactly. like oh, I, I, two dollars for a Powerball ticket, sure. Like, and then you get the date, you get the little daydream out of it, and uh, and yeah, I. So you just you know you reply, you try not to get too excited because you know obviously there's a long marathon of stuff between that email. Uh, well, even just even just the when the person you know saw your stuff at that booth, right, or or knew that you're at that show, like there's a million other people they could have wound up seeing and and forgetting you know about you or or misplacing a notebook that or or a note in their phone that or whatever document that had your name and contact information in it. Anything could have happened. That person could have got fired, you know, or or quit or moved on. Like you just don't know what could possibly happen so the marathon between that to to getting that first email to the marathon to actually like getting to go on the show um you know it's 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 you just gotta keep it keep everything in 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 focus but at the same time like it doesn't hurt to dream 100 (laughs) percent. so okay so you go you start getting through the process and you start uh thinking like okay what am i gonna do to uh, oh, before I forget, you were on episode twelve of uh, season twelve. Okay, that, uh, at least according to all Shark Tank products dot com. Uh, so, so you, you you're going through the process. You're starting to build your pitch. How are you balancing as it's starting to look more and more like you might actually get to go on Shark Tank? Um, how are you balancing that with like? you know, family work, uh, bi- the biz, like the business and, and, and working on this pitch and preparing to go on shark tank. It's hard, man. Um, because it's a lift. It's a lot. Uh, they do a really good job of vetting the candidates and making sure that the businesses are viable and that the entrepreneur is entertaining enough to go on TV and right. Like life doesn't stop because you're trying to get on shark tank. Um, And so I just did my best to kind of focus on what I thought they were looking for and spent less energy on stuff that I thought maybe they just had to check the box, you know, because there's a 30 page application and you kind of can get the idea of like, hey, they really care about this section. They don't care as much about, you know, that section and just try to be efficient with the time. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great point. There's so many things in life that are just checkboxes that are like, why do we have it that right? And and this can go for your you know your business, um, or government or produ- producer working with producers in Shark Tank, um, who are just trying to check a box because it looks good to the the you know the the next people up or the lawyers or you know insurance purposes. There's all these things where it's like it sounds really official. It looks like legalese. It probably is legalese. It probably doesn't actually mean what you think it means. And it's like they just need they just need you to like go through it and know and understand it's so important that we don't get lost in the idea of um uh what's what's it the the TOSs right the terms of service agreements where it's like yeah everybody just clicks agree and we just move on with our lives right like how many people are actually reading it and if something bad happens there's going to be a news article about it you know so some blog's going to write about that 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 terms of service a problem or change up um and then when that happens then I'll worry about it. but in the meantime 
Agree, agree, agree. Let's go, right? But but I think when we're talking about our specifically to our businesses, it's important that we understand like as much of the process as we can uh, to protect ourselves, especially when we have other people that are depending on that money, right? Other employees, team members, family members, uh, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like you can't go whole hog and and let other stuff fall to the wayside. So how so so you you're going through the process you're building out your pitch, um, how did you land like how did you wind up landing on like because you kind of like do like this walk like this walk back and forth thing before uh, you you took like your goggles off right was yep. that all that like planned out did you were you thinking about that or is that was that like I had the plan and now we're throwing the plan out I'm like I ha- I wrote the speech but now we're just gonna crumple it up and throw I don't want to throw the books I actually need these notes. Um, but, but, <laughs> But now we're just going to go, we were going to like kind of wing it to a certain extent. No, that was, that was all part of the plan. Um, and so, you know, wearing all of the ski gear into the tank, we all thought would be fun and unique and it would kind of set the stage. I walk in and automatically look different than most of the people in there and they cue into, Hey, this is a skier. Um, Plus, like, I don't I don't have dress clothes. Like, I didn't know what else to wear, but I've got a million ski clothes. So I was like, can I just wear my ski outfit? And they're like, sure, that's fine. Um, and I think initially they were talking about getting all of this fake snow in the entryway. And I kind of looked like I was actually walking through the snow, but it ended up being logistically difficult. So I was like, let's save the fake snow and I'll just pretend like I'm trudging through the snow. So that was to get there, like goggles off, like, woo! I've traveled far and wide. See, it's like the pitch is still right there. It's burned into my brain. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That, uh, you know, that, I, yeah, logistically, I imagine, yeah, fake snow would be a problem because of the amount of time it would take to clean that up. And then they only have so many hours in the day and so many hours with the sharks and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Things that you probably don't think about when you're like, how do we make this awesome thing? And they're probably like, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> if you're like the last person like that we're filming it for the season or something, like we could, you know, do a deep scrub or something on the, on everything. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I loved the the idea because as as Barbara said in the tank that like you're the perfect guy to sell it. And I think you showing up in the skiing gear really goes a long way in selling that authority versus if you had showed up in a suit and tie and talked about how great your product does, you show up as like a salesman versus like your buddy that's like we're gonna go do the slopes. Like let's go, like right. I mean I know we're in Vegas right now, but like there's mountains not that far from the, you know, there's mountains somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it felt authentic. Um, it felt good to me. And I think it just, it came across well on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, the, I mean, the other, the other aspect of that is, is, uh, when people go in and they're like, Oh, should I wear like a t-shirt? Right. I think it depends on what feels authentic for what you're trying to portray. And I think that's, that's really key, key fact there, key idea that, um, if you feel comfortable in your own skin and what you're wearing and what you're talking about, like that's going to go so much further than just showing up to like dressing to impress, uh, I mean, you are trying to impress people who are like millionaires, billionaire, and there to mostly tear you down. <laughs> so, yeah, going in trying to impress those guys, I think, is the wrong approach to take. Uh, I think you just have to go in and 
and be true to yourself and feel good about what you're saying and what you're wearing because they see so many people come through and see so many people in general, like you're not really going to impress them. You might make them laugh. That's like, you know, a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of laugh, uh, you know, Barbara had had some choice words for you before eventually uh, deciding to give you a, uh, an offer there in the tank. And, um, Obviously, you were probably there for, what, 45 minutes plus, I would imagine. I mean, only a couple people I've talked to have been there for, like, 15 minutes or so. Um, but, you know, it, when you're when you're in the tank and, and you hear those words, like, what, what, what was going through your mind? Like, you know, this lady doesn't – she's not believing. Like, she, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I was just kind of smiling to myself. Um Cause she kind of talked herself into it as she kept talking, you know, she said, she said, Hey, this, I'm not interested. And this guy looks goofy. And then she just kept talking until by the end of the sentence, she said, you're the guy to sell it. And I love this product and I'm in, you know, like, well, I just sat there and nodded and smiled. And, um, I think she just needed to kind of wrap her head around the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds well. It sounds like she has, I mean, a lot of pride in her uh, skiing ability. There, you know, so so it's like, oh, this guy thinks he's gonna out ski me. Huh? He's showing up in the ski stuff. Um, but I, I, but I, I, so when it comes to well, when it comes to the mustache, how long have you been rocking that awesome stash, sir? Oh, uh, I mean, years, ten, ten years. Oh, that's 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 awesome. That's awesome. I. Uh, I've never, I've never actually had a mustache. I, there's like one picture of me with a mustache for you know all ten minutes in the mid shaving. Uh, yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't a big fan of how it came out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you're 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 getting you're getting offers right in the tank. Uh, Barbara was was the first to jump in, I believe. I think it was Barbara. And then Kevin. And then Kevin. And eventually Damon offered his 25% if he could get, uh, oh, what's her, what's the? Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn. I knew there was a V in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, why, why, uh, like you, I know you pushed back on the amount uh, of the percentage and for the amount of money with Damon. Um, did you, what, like, what was going through your mind with that? Was that even like a, a, I mean, I was that even a good enough um, bait on on his end to to attract you at all? Like, did you did you really give it a lot of thought? It was great bait, and then, you know, for the the watchers and listeners who aren't familiar, Lindsey Vaughn is one of the winningest skiers in the world. You know, certainly in U.S. ski history, uh, she's an icon in the sport. Um, my issue was it was that she wasn't there to say, "Hey, I love this idea." I'm 100% behind it. Um, you know, these are the things I can do to help support the brand. So for me to make a deal saying, yeah, I'm going to give 10% to to Lindsay, not knowing, you know, having her not be in the room. She, he could have said anyone. He could have said Michael Jordan. I would have said, well, unless I know Michael Jordan's actually interested in supporting this product, I don't want to agree to it. So that was the reason why more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always interesting when they do things like that where they – offer you know potentially offer up somebody else's uh commitment to it uh but then also make it a contention of whether or not they would actually want to do the deal um which i guess in my mind would make me second guess whether or not 
uh, Damon feels confident in the product. Yeah, right. There's you that know? too. Like we need to pull in somebody else because the product can't stand on its own. And, and and that's not that's not good. You know, make for a good partnership uh, going into it. So I I think that that's a I think I think that's a really different way of looking at like turning that like positive kind of turning the positive into a negative because uh you know or as a critique to to that style of like well you know if we can get the rock on board then like i'm all in like okay well somebody get him on the we've seen you know entrepreneurs go out into the hall and make a phone call go make a phone call go give him a call you know go give Lindsay a call and see see if she's interested right if she's not interested then uh it just is what it is um yeah i so so eventually, uh, you come back around. They come back around, Kevin and Barbara, uh, and you. You're at uh, two hundred fifty thousand for twenty percent. Trying to meet you, they wanted to. You know, they even offered at one point to go down to seventeen and a half, and you're like, "Meet me at 16. Yeah, I kind of had in my head um, thresholds where I would go in terms of percentage and valuation, and so I was trying to get them into my level. Um, and then eventually they kind of switched up both terms. So they were going to give more money and then take more percentage. And then, you know, the math worked so that it was kind of ultimately in a place I was willing to accept. Um, and to see them like go back and forth so much with me and then ultimately meet somewhere that seemed reasonable was like a pretty good step towards a future partnership. Again, that goes, I think, a long, longer way there uh, of of speaking to the potential partnership versus, hey, I'm in. If this person who's not here and has never heard of you before is in, or maybe never right. heard of you, maybe she has. I, you know, who knows, right? We, we nobody knows because we're not. She's not there, and we're not calling her. <laughs> right. uh, we're not phoning a friend in, or like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? So. Right. So yeah, I, I think that that's a that's a great point, and it did seem like that it took, like obviously it happens happens all in a matter of seconds on the show, but it seemed like that might have taken a while uh, for you guys to get you know for the sharks to bend to get uh, to get in that that realm of of wanting to to bend at all and and meet you in the middle. Yeah, it certainly did. You know, they kind of went back and forth and were talking amongst themselves, trying to figure out what they should do. Um, I think Mr. Wonderful at one point said like a good deal means both people feel a little disappointed. Can't remember if that aired or not. Um, I don't think so. Cause that wouldn't fit his persona, but I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's a good, that's a good point. You know, that does sound like a compromise. Um, but I kind of stuck to my guns and, you know, they didn't fully come around, but they came around to a place where I felt like I could accept the deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, my great grandfather always used to say uh, a hard deal is a bad deal, right? But I think that it's not if it's that doesn't mean negotiating's bad. It just means that you're you're going back and forth, and it's not necessarily hard. But you you both have to be willing to get to a place where you're both a little a little disappointed uh, to a certain extent, or both really happy. Uh, you know, where you're it's a win win at that point, not a one person really wins out on the other. And and we've seen that kind of greediness uh, come out in in other pitches uh, where they don't bend and they're not interested. And then it just they just like. Oh, did I, did I say fifteen? I meant twenty five percent. It's it's <laughs> it's funny how you know I say words and and you hear different things, um, <laughs> but 
but you know that that is it is awesome to see that you were able to to get that deal so uh leaving the tank um how are you feeling and and what were you you know what were you like mentally prepared to go do next i felt great i mean i was exhilarated um i was exhausted physically exhausted uh, mentally exhausted you know they you leave the tank and you kind of go right to the post uh tank interview and they were just asking me the most simple questions And I could barely say words, you know, you're just the adrenaline is so real for so long while you're in there that when you leave, it just kind of all drains from your body. Um, So I think we had to do four, four takes in the post tank interview (laughs) before I had a a coherent response for them. Um, And I don't think that ever aired, which is not a surprise. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, as soon as you leave the tank there, the teams of the the sharks that you made a deal with are right there. So you your first meeting is ten minutes after you get off the set. Say, hey, these are the next steps. This is what you should expect from us. Um, and then you know after that, I uh, literally went to my room, grabbed my bag, threw it in my car, drove back to Colorado from Vegas. You know I'd been there for ten days away from my family and the business, and I was uh, you know I think I had another night in a hotel room. Um, but I was like, I, I got to get home. So I started to started the nine hour drive home, and yeah, made it home right before midnight. Wow, that is a long drive there after such a high to come off of. Um, you know, all the the endorphins and the 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 stress and everything. And and I know that you know we we've talked with so many entrepreneur uh, Shark Tank uh, entrepreneurs here and how how much you you coming out of the tank it's just like a load is off of you but then there's like the reality of all the stuff rushing at you really fast especially in season 12 because you are you know have to quarantine for so so many days and then be there and then like okay um so i you know that is awesome i mean it's awesome but like kind of crazy that you just like you're like i'm gonna leave and i'm i'm gonna not just leave and like get on a plane and like oh in two hours i'll be home or whatever um but drive nine hours straight you didn't stop at all like you didn't but well, not at all but stop to like sleep or anything no i just motored on home i was i was wow. ready to get back well I, that is that is thing worthy because that is um, I mean, we've heard, you know, I've heard people like, I, I just like went home and like slept, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, people that live in LA when they were shooting in LA, you know, go, went home and just like slept after that. Cause they were just so drained from the experience of, of, of the rush. And, uh, so that, that's awesome. So you, you eventually, uh, you, you get home, uh, talk about your, you know, what, what did you have to do in the business to get like, get, you know, back into the swing of things, uh, routine and, and all that. So we shot in kind of mid early to mid September. Um, and so it's a little bit of a transition time for us moving from summer to winter, but you know, pretty much mid September is in the retail world when ski season starts, obviously there's no snow, but that's when people start buying stuff. So got back and it was, full steam ahead, trying to get orders out the door, you know, follow up with people I haven't seen, get back on the road, traveling, going in the shops. Um, so yeah, to just right, right back at it. 
that yeah i that's that's that is uh that's that's impressive in and of itself and then you know you, you did get to be on episode 12 so you only had to wait about half the season to to you know find out that you were going to be on the show which is i know is a big deal what did you what did you do in preparation to potentially air uh on Star Tank? did you like beef up inventory uh did you work on your, your your website at all like what what were the steps that you took uh to make sure that you were shark tank or post shark tank ready yeah it's so tricky joe because you know you you find out that you're going to air three weeks before it airs which in in our business and probably most people's businesses is not enough time to to beef up on inventory and so you know i'm you're still talking with the producers you're talking with the sharks at that point you kind of have an inkling of like i feel like i'm going to get aired or i feel like they didn't really like it and i was getting the good vibes from everybody. And so and I was like, let's go for it. Let's beef up on inventory. Our stuff, it, it doesn't go bad. Um, and so if we beef up on inventory, we don't get aired. It's not the end of the world. Um, so we definitely beefed up on inventory, kind of focused on products that I thought would resonate with the Shark Tank uh, viewership. You know, we have some products that are really specific and niche. Um, and I, you know, those probably wouldn't be as popular, but some of our stuff is easy to use. It's like universal. So any snow condition, you can use it. Uh, so I, we kind of heavied up on that stuff. Um, and our inventory was actually in pretty good shape for the show. Um, in terms of the website, um, you know, we, we put some Shark Tank verbiage on there so that when people were Googling, like they might not remember the exact name of mountain flow eco wax but they're like you know ski wax shark tank or like funny mustache guy ski wax so we kind of made sure that like some of those search terms would resonate and they would get there and then it would be like featured on shark tank so that they would go oh yeah okay we're in the right place like this looks familiar i made sure that my face was front and center so they're like okay i saw that guy on tv now i see him on the website i know i'm at the right place um, so did a little bit of that. Uh, I talked to our, you know, uh, website host to be like, Hey, I think we're going to have this much traffic. Is that going to be okay? And they were kind of like, yeah, unless you're going to have like 20 million people, you're fine. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I don't know, maybe a few thousand at one time. They're like, yeah, no, no sweat, but, um, so just kind of like dotted our I's crossed our T's. And, and everything went went without a hitch in terms of that aspect of it. Oh, that that is great to hear. I mean, there's there, I know early on there was uh, you know horror stories of people like oh our site crashed you know because we didn't you know they didn't have I mean at the, do, do you use the Shopify platform or do you use a, a yeah. different platform? Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah Shopify is. Uh, I mean I personally don't use that, um, but I I'm not going on shark tank so it's it's a different story <laughs> you know it's a different story if you're going to send that level of traffic they they are very uh, well accommodating for that level of traffic for sure compared to back in the the early days of shark tank when it was like oh they crashed the site and then people can't even get to the site and i want you know speaking um of your your face you know i i, I say this all, all the time on the channel uh you know the power of faces and making sure that faces are prominent so that people can self-identify and you know when you're on shark tank you're in the ski clothes right that makes sense versus you being in a suit and tie or something that's not you you know it doesn't um 
re- representative of what you you know what you represent and how you carry yourself yeah i mean in the ski industry you know i could have the biggest meeting of the year with a big buyer at, at a large retailer and uh you know you could i can show up with a collared shirt but it better be a flannel shirt you know if it's like <laughs> a normal business shirt they're gonna give you a sideways glance right because kind of the whole thing is hey i'm a skier you're a skier like now we're business people but first and foremost we're skiers and that's kind of how the deals get done so it just wouldn't have worked um to to wear anything more than that yeah 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 that, i mean that, i mean you live you're i mean you were literally living where skiing happens like middle you know middle of nowhere it, we're not you know if uh, i guess you're not given the vibe of I'm the weekend warrior, like maybe two or three times a year I go skiing or uh, I, you know, once a year we do our, our family ski trip or whatever and everybody's got their like cardigans or whatever. I don't know what people wear that that are, you know, of that of that class uh, and, and skiing because I personally have never been skiing before. Uh, maybe some maybe sometime in the future. Um, no, you got to go. We'll get you the wax. It's going to make all the difference. I, I I bet it. I imagine it will. I mean, I live not that far from the Poconos. I live about two and a half hours from the Pocono Mountains. So it's and that's a pretty good skiing place. Uh, just it's just never never happened for uh, for me. I never had uh, friends that were like, "Hey, let's go skiing," and I wasn't going by myself. I've been up there. I've gone tubing up there, uh, but never never skiing. Um, so maybe at some point in the future, uh, the not too distant future, uh, we'll make that make that happen. But. Uh, so okay, so you get to so did you do a watch party for for your Shark Tank airing or what what did what did you do? Yeah, so the first time I watched it was via FaceTime because um, my mom lives back east, and so it airs an hour earlier. Um, and so watched it via FaceTime with her just to like be brief because like you don't know what segment they're going to show of you or how they edited it and. Like if I look like a doofus, I kind of want to know before all the my neighbors in Colorado watch it live. You know what I mean? Well, all, 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 all thirty of them. <laughs> all, all thirty of my neighbors, and mostly the elk. Um, <laughs> and so I watched it, you know, with her. She had a viewing party uh, with some relatives back east. And watched it, was stoked, and then had another viewing party actually with my in-laws who live in town, and they have cable, and so oh. we were able to to watch it with them and it was, you know, it was small, but like my phone was blowing up and, um, it just, it's, it's really fun. You know, like, as you would expect, it's, it's, it's a fun night. It, it, it yeah, I imagine, I imagine it would be uh, a fun night. And uh, so, uh, so, okay. So everything goes smoothly with that, uh, sales or they, they, they went, you actually got sales out of that night or cause it aired when, I don't know. What night did this air? Um, February 8th. Oh, it's February. Okay. So it kind of stinks that they didn't get you a little. Yeah. February, well, it's February 5th is according to this site. Okay. Um, but it kind of stinks that they didn't get you a little sooner in the, in the ski season there. Yeah. You know, if that's kind of like still a pretty popular spot because it's right before um, winter break and spring break, which are big ski times. And so, I mean, we saw really good sales the night of um, a Saturday after for like people who were streaming it. And then really for a whole month, our sales were were pretty elevated. 
Oh, that's that's all. That's great to hear. Um, so, so you, so afterwards, you're going through the due diligence. You're dealing with two sharks, which. I mean, I haven't talked to too many people that have talked about the experience of getting to work with two sharks, but closing the deal with two sharks has got to be kind of complicated, I would imagine. So uh, can you speak to the, the deal? Have you closed? Uh, or are you still in due diligence all, like, all this time later? Or, or what's going on? Yeah. So worked with the sharks teams, which were great. Um, super smart people. They've done a lot of deals. They know what they're talking about. Um, it does make it difficult when you have two sharks because they both have their kind of standard term sheets that they like to use. And then there are certain terms from both that they want in there. So ultimately, it's one deal, right? You're not signing two deals. So they put the term sheet together. So it's one deal. Um, but you get a lot of clauses in there because, again, you're working with two teams and two sharks. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't end up signing the deal. And we did like a good faith negotiation. We kind of went back and forth for a while. And I had things I wanted in there and they had things they wanted in there. And we almost got there. But in the end, we just, you know, we parted as friends. Um, I think, you know, no hard feelings, certainly from our side and uh, hopefully on their side as well. Hey, you know, it, it it does it happens more often than people uh realize that you know the deals don't always get to go through. Um but you know, I, I think getting to go through that process uh is is probably really invaluable. Uh for, and especially going forward, if you uh did take on other investors and such, like how much better off are you going getting to go through that experience than prior to it? Absolutely. You, you get to see exactly what investors are looking for. And this is, you know, the best of the best for investors. So if you can get your books in order and present it in a way where the sharks will accept it, um, you're in really good shape for anyone else that you might work with in the future. And it's just good to know kind of what they care about, you know, like, hey, you know, we're not as concerned with uh, net revenue. We're more looking at top line. Right. Because you're a new business and we want to see that growth year over year. And sure, eventually you'll become profitable. Or we're really looking at like, what's your inventory turnover? Like, we don't want to take on a ton of inventory risk. So you just get to understand where their head's at, uh, which was really insightful. Yeah. 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 Because everybody, uh, you know, everybody does business differently and they do put, uh, they do weigh different things differently based on their past experiences, you know, where they got burnt, you know, probably where they got burnt or, and, and, or where they got had success and, um, trying to do more of what works. So it's, um, but yeah, I, I, like going back, I, I, it's, it definitely, I'm sure is difficult when you have that many hoops that you're trying to jump through to get to, uh, a common ground, uh, for two to land two sharks makes me wonder about those, those deals that had like three or four or five sharks in it and how, how, yeah, it's, you see his eyes, everybody. Um, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be so crazy to have to, uh, to, to, to digest and work through, um, to make you know get every make everybody happy and create a win 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 situation for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the more people that you have in there, the more partners, more stakeholders you've got to account for. 
Yeah. So since uh, since that, so when, when actually, how long how long did that process take before you you guys came to uh, you know an agreement to not come to an agreement? Well, probably two or three months after it aired. I mean, we had been okay. talking up to the airing, and then when it airs, kind of the the deal discussions ramp up a little bit, right? It's it's now real. Like if that's it's out in the world that we're supposedly working together, and so that's kind of when we really got into the due diligence and then maybe two months after we decided not to do it. Mm, yeah. I mean, I know that, um, other past entrepreneurs, uh, Shark Tank entrepreneurs have talked about like, the, you know, utilizing Shark Tank as a proving ground as well, uh, for like, yeah, like it's great. Like you got sales. It's not that you got no sales, but like, let's see how well it does, you know, with Shark Tank's help and then decide from there if, uh, if it's worth it. But I also know that from other short time entrepreneurs that like sometimes so much time passes that the business changes or grows so drastically or, or doesn't grow drastically. Um, you know, th- things just change in one way or another that like the deal that you made no longer makes sense. Like six months after the fact, it just, you know, it just becomes such a different company or so so much bigger or so much smaller or so much more diverse um than it than the initial like one we nobody knew that we were there except you know the shark tank team and them and us yeah i think for us it still more or less made sense you know when we presented our financials to them before we even filmed you give them a projection of where you think you're going to go and we had some pretty aggressive growth goals and you know six months later after we aired and we're doing the negotiations the company was way bigger than when we first started talking but it was kind of where we had told them we were going so i think the deal still made sense you know if we look back now it wouldn't make sense because we've we've expanded our product line we're now doing bike products we're doing eco-friendly ski poles we've got all sorts of other stuff that we're working on um but at the time i mean that part of the deal still didn't make sense Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, like I said, things grow and change because it's not in a vacuum and you're not just like, oh, great, I got the deal on Shark Tank. Like, let's go home and just sit on our hands for, you know, however long it takes uh, and do nothing until, uh, I mean, I've heard stories of that happening, <laughs> of that happening, but uh, by and large, you, you know, you, you want to, you know, jump on that opportunity, get reinvigorated and, and go after it and make it bigger. And my, UPS battery is is beeping. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> so, all right. So, so since so you said you grew the lines for the business since then. Um, what uh, what what's the future looking like going forward? Yeah. So I mentioned it briefly, and you know, for those who aren't familiar with the brand Mountain Flow, you know, what we went on Shark Tank with was a plant based non petroleum ski wax. Most ski wax is made from petroleum. Whatever you put on your skis goes into the snowpack. That ends up in the local watershed. Essentially, ski wax works by coming off your ski. And so we came up with a plant-based biodegradable ski wax. That was our pitch. Um, There you go. Look at that. Actually, it's a brand new picture on the website. Um, I love that. And so now, in addition to doing ski wax, we're also doing bike lube. Um, bike lube is the same story. Most of it's petroleum based. We came up with a plant based alternative that we think works just as well as, as the petroleum stuff. 
Um, and then kind of the most recent launch that we're actually coming out with uh, next week is a ski pole made from recycled aluminum. So same strength and weight as a typical ski pole, 95% fewer carbon emissions. So that's kind of um, our shtick all around. There you go. Those are the ski poles. They look beautiful. They're, yeah, really sustainable. Joe, when we get you out on the slopes, we're going to have you with the wax. We're going to have you with the poles. Now I'll just have to make some some ski jacket for you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I, I need to – This, I mean, this is awesome. Uh, and, and perfect timing too because I, I actually – uh, since getting the illness back when we we talked, uh, I've I've been able to lose a ton of weight and uh, have been working getting back into my running routine and stuff like that. So uh, I might actually be in shape to be able to do anything uh, involving slopes and or uh, skis. <laughs> Love it. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> So, all right, so everyone can go to mountainflow.com to get their wax, to get their their uh, bike lube. Is that what you're calling it? Bike lube? Yes. Bike, bike lube. lube. Yeah. Uh, and, and ski poles, and you got hats, too. We which, got hats. Uh, oh, we I don't have, have this here. one here. We got a few others on the website. Um, <laughs> most hat. of them are sold out. The hot dog hat is our best seller. Really? People love that hot dog hat. What's the, what's the story behind the hot dog hat? So back in the 80s, if you were a really good skier, kind of the highest compliment you could get was someone calling you a hot dogger. So that's <laughs> like you're you're the best skier on the hill. You're a hot dogger. So this is a hot dog. Condiments are the ski track. I see so that. You I see that. Mustard, kind of wiggling on down the hot dog. I thought it was bacon, but uh, but I guess it's. Oh, not. <laughs> it, it does look like bacon. It can be bacon. Maybe we can make a, a Philly cheesesteak version for you. Hey, that's on my language. That's <laughs> that's yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, speaking of that, one of my favorite places in Philly, uh, Jim Steaks on South Street. Uh, they had a fire. And it haven't been open mm-hmm. since. And yeah, and I, I, I mean, I've been there at like two o'clock in the morning to get cheesesteaks. It's. It's, uh, it's, it's always cheesesteak time there. <laughs> yeah, okay, always I'm going to put that one in, my, in the back of my brain next time I'm in Philly. Gyms. Yeah, well, let me know when you're – yes. Let me know when you're here here in Philly. We'll go get cheesesteaks, man. Done. Done. Uh, awesome. 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 Well, uh, is there – so well, I really appreciate you coming here on the show, Peter. I'm glad we were able to get it and, and able to fit it in both of our schedules. Uh, if you – uh, if you're, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have you on the show again. Just, uh, you know, like a year or so, we'll, we'll catch up and see how things are going. Ca- oh, wait, that was funny. Catch up. Hey, uh, yeah, well, I catch up in Boston, right? So, um, <laughs> thanks, thanks again, Peter. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Joe, this has been great. My pleasure. Let's let's definitely circle up in the year and uh, maybe we'll do like a live one somewhere in the Poconos on let, snow. Let, let's do it. Let's make it happen, man. All right. Let's make all it right happen. Thank you. I appreciate you watching all the way to the end here. Uh, if you haven't seen Peter's uh, pitch, check it out up here. If not, I'll see you in the video down below. Take care and go be super.